You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all. Welcome to the Helix Hour. We are live and I'm joined today by Line6's very own Brandon Frenzel. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing great, thanks. Very nice to have you. And I just noticed I've got crazy frame rate going on with my camera again. It never seems to fail. Anyways, uh, how's everything your way? Things are going great. Awesome, awesome. Today we're going to be getting into some discussion on the brand new PowerCab series, which we're fortunate enough to see a couple of uh, right uh, dead center in your frame there. Absolutely fantastic. So t tell us a little bit about, uh, before we get into actually the uh, the cabinets and whatnot as well too, but I always like to have a little bit of a background on my guests as far as their role within the company. So if you could uh, be so uh, uh, kind to share with us your role within Line 6 and how maybe it's changed over the years. Okay, sure. So um, I've been at Line 6 uh, almost eight years now. Mm -hmm. um, I actually started out uh, as a, uh, a UI graphics designer. So I was uh, tasked with actually drawing a lot of the little icons that we use on um, uh, Stagescape. Uh, and actually got uh, into doing some of the layout design on that. So I eventually transitioned into becoming a, what we call a UX UI designer. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, my background uh, prior to Line 6, I was a, a web developer and designer, had a background in graphic design. Uh, so I like to draw things. A lot. So, um, uh, yeah. So from there, uh, I started uh, working as UX designer, transitioned into software product owner. Uh, since all the software has UI, it's got to be laid out and drawn and has lots of icons and things like that. So, uh, and then eventually I became a product owner uh, and uh, worked on the Spider 5 uh, AMP series. Okay. And PowerCab is our latest. AMP. So um, that's kind of how my role has changed in um, at Line 6 over the years. Okay. Um, so what a product owner does is um, they essentially are kind of an entrepreneurship role where they come up with the concepts for the products that we want to do. We do research into what the market, you know, what other competing products are out there, what the price points are, the features, and we usually try to find... Um, in that, you know, a way that we can disrupt or um, fulfill a need that's that's not yet fulfilled. Uh, so we take those concepts and then we work with the development team and engineering uh, to get the product built, uh, assemble prototypes, um, show it to um, potential customers uh, for feedback and validation. And then um, we assist with planning uh, the marketing launch, so how we talk about it, how we communicate it. Uh, and um, present it to the world, and so it's a it's a full life cycle management type of role. So very involving. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I know we have a lot of excited people to, uh, to, uh, just waiting for this product, and we're going to get into more details, like specs of both uh, the 112 and the 112 Plus here later on in the program. But we'll start off by saying hi to a few people here over in the chat. We've got uh, Tvod, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Nocturnal Butterfly. Uh, uh, Chad Boston is here saying howdy, our very own, your very own, uh, Frank Rashad is here saying, hey guys, happy Sunday. 
Uh, Mississippi Treasure Hunters here saying hello, Eric, and hello, Brandon. Carlos Santon is here saying hello, everyone. An amazing new product uh, from Line 6. Uh, it, it certainly is. And here's something I thought was very, this is kind of a, a useless fact for the day, but it's kind of a cool fact. We'll get into more background uh, from you. But um, last week, having both Will and Jay from uh, from your company, from Line 6, uh, and from the Line Six podcast, now yourself. There's three bass players. I find it kind of odd that all three of you are bass players. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, I've been playing bass for oh geez, fifteen, eight, yeah, something like fifteen, sixteen years now. Okay. Um, yeah. Can you share with us a little bit of some of the bands uh, and some of the bands you've done were were touring acts? Maybe share with, share with us a little bit of the touring experience that you've had, and um, and and maybe some of the band names for that matter as well too. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I first started on bass um, in high school because my friends were starting a metal band and they wanted to um, they needed a bass player. And at that point, I had only played guitar. So I was like, OK, well, I'll give this this bass thing a try. And I really came to really enjoy it. Um, and that band in high school was called Midnight Overture. OK. Um, it's interesting. Our keyboardist actually his dad worked at Line 6 and he showed us uh, a lot of stuff like um spider and um like flex tone and bass pod and i actually ended up using that bass pod xt pro um all the way up until helix came out oh wow went out on the road with that um so yeah i used it for a long time and i was like it was it really inspired me and it's part of why i ended up here at line six. Oh, fantastic yeah um uh about see, seven years ago, uh, I joined a band called Necrogoblicon. That's a, that's a big name. I saw that on your on your profile. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a a goblin themed metal band. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, around 2014, uh, we we kind of struck gold or hit a nerve <laughs> on Reddit and YouTube uh, with the music video "No One Survives." Um, and so you know, it's it's loud ruckusy um almost you know humorous um type metal music with with this overarching theme of goblins okay so we uh yeah we toured out in uh the uk uh did a couple tours there uh one of them was was the kerrang tour uh we also went to germany uh and various tours throughout uh, the u.s um and uh i wrote for um the with with the guys of course um for the power ep mm-hmm. just called power um and then uh we did a follow-up album to that which was called heavy meta so gotcha uh, lots of lots of puns and plays on words and things like that we really like that stuff so i like that i'm glad that you pronounced the band name too because i was trying i was I, like i told you off the air i was just trying to make sure i was getting names correct uh you know uh, uh, employees names and whatnot but uh band names and things like that too i mean I'm one of the worst out there, so I'm glad you kind of set the record straight for that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that <laughs> one's a doozy. <laughs> so it's it's like a you know from the Evil Dead series. Um, okay. You know, the, the Necronomicon, but um, and since it's goblins, it's the Necro Goblicon. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, there we go. At least I'm on the right track now. Um, yep. Over in the chat, got a couple of, uh, comments as well too. I, and Frank's kind of um, answered this one here. But James Randall says, "Is it just mere? Does the Power Cab One Twelve look bigger than the Power Cab One Twelve Plus, or is it just an illusion?" And yeah, as you can see, um, actually, I'll go to the bigger screen so people can see that as well because I'm just seeing the one cab at the moment. Uh, but there you go; you can see both. It's just the angle that you have them on. 
Yeah. 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 They're they're exactly the same yeah. size. Camera angles can really play uh, play some tricks for sure. Uh, Blimpus is here saying, "Hey guys, happy uh, Helix Sunday." I like that. It's a happy Helix Sunday. We can use that. Mississippi Treasure Hunter says, "I'm also a, a bass player." Uh, says Rock On. Very nice. Uh, Byron Sanford's here. Happy Sunday, James Randall. Thanks, Frank. I figured they'd be the same. And um, Marcel Blade is saying happy Sunday evening from Holland. So it's nice. We always like to tie in different corners of the globe. And uh, it's, we're blessed to have you here. So thank you very much. That's wonderful. Yeah. So thanks for sharing some information on the on the band for sure. That's always good to get a little bit of backstory as well, too. And um, Will and Jay were both doing that last week as well, too. It's nice to kind of get some, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, some of the, the you know, the, the hobbies and things like that as well, too. Not just always about the product, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I took a lot of inspiration from our, um, the way we set up our gear on those tours because mm-hmm. we were a pretty small band, and um, um, you know, at, at times we had you know logistical problems where we like, all right, what kind of gear are we going to bring? What are we going to do? And so some of that fed into uh, some of the ideas behind Power Cab, actually. Nice. And that's actually what we're going to talk about right now. And Chad Boston has a great comment, too. He's saying he's very excited for these. And here's my opinion. I, I, like, I think you guys are arguably one of the very best, if not the best, when it comes to uh, modeling uh, units out there. Uh, it's certainly one of the most user-friendly. Um, and you combine that with, with great tone. It's fantastic. So I think it was only inevitable that the, the day was going to come uh, when uh, speakers like this were made strictly for this. Kind of tell us a little bit about the history. And obviously, you're the product uh, owner of this. Um, and team leader of it. Tell us um, kind of the history, what inspired it, um, and to where it is today. Cool. All right. So, um, so back in, uh, I think it was 2011, mm-hmm. or no, sorry, 2014, when we had uh, the Stage Shore speakers out, and we had Pod HD 500X, and we were touting this uh, so called Dream Rig, um, where you have a FRFR speaker. You have your processor and your guitar, your smart guitar, your Variax, and they connect them all together, and you're going to get something that's even greater than the sum of the parts. Um, and since Helix came out, everything just kind of, you know, increased in both like the realism, but the the functionality that you can do as well. Um, and we kind of see or envision a, a future down the line where it's it's more of this sort of form factor where everything's kind of right there at your fingertips really easy to use with great tone and uh, very pragmatic and, um, you know, um, unwieldy or Mm -hmm. not not unwieldy kind of thing. Um, So um, since Helix came out, people have been asking us, you know, what's the best thing to plug this into? And we said, well, you got, you got a couple different options. You can go through an FRFR speaker and it's just kind of plug and play. It's super consistent because you're going to get, you're going to hear the same thing that the audience is going to hear. And just like with recording, it's just all direct. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's pros and cons to that. Some of the cons may be that, okay, you've got just a little wedge on stage with you or it's in front of you and you don't actually have that, that backline sound and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one tour we did where we just had a, a rack full of pod HD pros mm-hmm. and my bass pod. And, um, we just went all in direct and we said, okay, we're just going to let the monitor, the, the house PA take care of everything. Um, we can just dial in our tones and it'll be really consistent. It was super consistent, um, but not all, um, you know, venues have uh, center fill. Yeah. So 
uh, the people in the front of the audience were like, like, I can't quite, you know, hear the guitars and the bass and stuff. So it had this kind of weird aspect to it where it's, it just seemed a little anemic in terms of like the feel of things on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, so since then we, we then transitioned into using, uh, rack processors with power amps and then just driving regular cabs, which is kind of, uh, more of this so-called amp in the room. Yeah. Thing. That feel you're, you're getting the feeling of those speakers. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and then, um, so back to the, the other way to do it is you can do four cable method into a tube amp. Mm -hmm. And that's like the really authentic, um, like truly authentic way to get the amp in the room thing. You got all your effects in your modeler. Um, and we thought, you know, why do you have to choose? Because they're both, both great. Mm -hmm. What if we could do something that actually could give you both? Um, so that was, that was part of, part of the inspiration for power cap and to have like the consummate, um, uh, amp device to plug into to helix. That's fantastic. And that's the thing, too. That's a comment you see all the time. The only thing that people are sitting on the fence about jumping into modeling is that, you know, they miss that amp in the room feel. I had a comment just on YouTube the other day, just on one of my late, uh, recent videos. Um, and, you know, the person was a, a tube amp user forever. And he went out right away and, and you know, on my recommendation, purchased um, a Helix. And he was a little scared. First, number one, he, he wasn't a fan of the presets. And I said, neither are the Line 6 staff, so don't worry. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, Eric, yeah, Eric has always said... That's yeah. right. But and and but in defense of that though, I even said, you know, sure not all the presets are good, but there are a couple that I pick right from the factory that are that are good starting points and I could live with in a pinch, no problem. But I said and then he also commented saying, uh, I miss that amp in the room uh, function and I said, Okay, well there's first of all, don't worry about the presets. Start downloading some from Custom Tone and maybe you start making some of your own and that'll get you in the right direction. And then, you know, by doing things like you mentioned the four cable method uh, and things of that nature, then you can still have the best of both worlds. Um, you know, having that beautiful tube sound or solid state sound, if it is having some air flowing from some speakers. And yet, like you say, the modeling with every effect known to mankind at your fingertips, um, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And there's a couple of the comments echoing that statement as well, too. I'll get to those in just a quick second here. Uh, Klaus back saying, um, I uh, can't wait to get my hands on these greetings from Denmark. And I see a nice super chat from Chad Boston. Chad, you're super nice. I appreciate that. Uh, super chat donation. I appreciate that. Uh, Jason Sedites is here uh, saying, hey there, everybody. Speaking of Mr. Helix, guys, phenomenal. Um, here's a, we're going to get into the technical questions here in a second, but this is a perfect time to ask. Marcel Blades is how transparent are these in flat response mode? Uh, so they're, they're really, really transparent in flat mode. What we wanted, uh, the end result to be was that, um, you know, if you're, if you're dialing in your presets on, say your studio monitors or your headphones or a PA speaker or, um, something like a stage source L2 mm -hmm. that, these were going to just be kind of plug and play. Um, so they're, um, they have a frequency response that's flat within, you know, plus or minus three dB between 70 Hertz up all the way up to 20 K Hertz. Um, so yeah, we really tried to dial it in so that it was, um, very, very neutral. Um, but still kind of warm and mid focused for guitar. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, we've run these alongside our stage source speakers and they're very, very close, very transparent. 
Oh, fantastic. Now, how, how would they differ? Like for someone like myself, I'm running, um, you know, reference monitors. I'm using um, Personas brand monitors here. How would mm -hmm. it differ um, in, in a case like that? Um, so you'll find that it's pretty close. Obviously, these are going to roll off a little bit uh, sooner. Right? Mm -hmm. They won't go as low. Um, but normal guitar amps don't really go that low. Okay. Um, or regular guitar speakers, that is. Um, which actually kind of brings me to the speaker itself. Okay. So um, we were looking for something that was super flat, super neutral, and we kind of uh, start uh, start out looking at the Eminence Beta 12 CX. Okay. Uh, which is a PA style speaker that's coaxial and has a compression driver. Um, you can attach a compression driver to it, uh, and that's actually shooting through the dust cap. Uh, so there's no, you don't actually see an extra like tweeter horn or anything like that. It's all coming from the center. Gotcha. Um, so everything's kind of, you know, phase aligned. Um, and we started down the, the speaker modeling thing uh, so that we could, you know, provide different variety of speaker sounds. Like mm -hmm. as, as if, um, like, oh, yeah, this amp sounds great, but I, I really like, for example, greenback speakers, so I could, I'm just going to swap that out. Right. Uh, wanted to make it at that easy that you could just go to the top panel and you turn it off and it's just like, okay, there's a finish 30. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we went down this path and we were measuring everything and we were, had it side by side with the real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this, this sounds really close, but there's something about the feel that's not quite right yet. And so after thinking about this for quite a while, um, we, uh, were working very closely with eminence and we said, Hey, could we actually make this with a guitar cone instead so all of the quote like software of the speaker uh, to be more reminiscent of the guitar speakers or the median average of the speakers we wanted to model um, so that the speaker itself uh, handles a lot of the physics problems and we get the frequency response through our modeling um, and we noticed that immediately once we had this um, that the feel was was it was a faster transient response. It was snappier. It was more mid-focused. And then you could kind of start to feel it in your chest when you're playing it, just like you kind of do with a real amp. And so that's kind of how the, the speaker came together. Oh, fantastic. So it's kind of one of a kind. Fantastic. So, and I just lost my camera. Bear with me for one quick second here. I'll try to sure. get this back here. Sorry. I didn't want you to think that I was gone. All right. There we go. We're back. <laughs> okay, one second. So we're back there. So over to the uh, to the chat there as well too. Carlos Anton says, uh, "I'm a tube amp guy all the way from way back, but the Helix has changed me completely. I always love a nice tube amp on my Helix and one or two of these power cabs, and I'm happy." Um, Chad Boston says, "Hi, Jason Byron, San Francisco. Jay Sad for Jason Sedites. Uh, let me see. David Ennis is here. Hey, Eric and, and guest. Everyone in chat. Jason Sedites says, "Hey, Chad and Byron." And uh, Jason also is saying he's very excited to play with the Power Cab killer product. And Chad, what Chad was saying in the Super Chat, thank you, Chad. I appreciate that. He says, I, I love what Line 6 has done for musicians and love this channel very much. Uh, let me see here. Um, and Carlos says, I love the idea of speaker modeling on these. And I like the fact, too, how you were mentioning, too, or how you did quickly demonstrated just by turning the speaker, there's our familiar colors that we're used to as well, too, which was awesome. Yeah, it, it helps, um, like if you're controlling on the plus, controlling it from MIDI across the stage, you can actually see the, the ring of light change colors. Yeah, yeah, that's and, cool. 
it's just keeps everything kind of synced, you know. Yeah. And visual cues like that are just really helpful. So we always try to incorporate color in a in a very helpful way. Yep, that's what people are coming uh, accustomed to, haven't they? Yeah, just even like with with snapshots too. Um, you know, and I, I learned a while back. I mean, this is obviously it's a it's a novice thing for people that are pros with the helix, but having snapshots colored like their amps, green, blue, red. You know, like in the case of my fifty one fifty amps and things like that. I love that. It just makes me feel like I'm still in my comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely color all of my snapshots. Uh, where you know where it's like my red channels, like the gain channel, or the blue ones, the clean channel. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's all these like little almost subconscious connections that we make. Yep, that makes that all really helpful. And I like the fact that you guys actually consider that as well too. You you want to you want to keep people comfortable in their minds that you don't want people they're already learning a new piece of gear, and you know we all kind of fear change sometimes. So the fact that you give them a little bit of comfort along that way is uh, is a nice blessing for the musicians as well. Cool. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown between the two cabs? And we'll talk pricing a little bit. We've got price points down the road. We'll compare it to other manufacturers. And, we, you know, we won't mention names or anything like that. But we'll, it does sit nice on the price point. But tell us what the ex- exact differences are between the 112 and then the 112 Plus. Okay. So um, I'll start with everything that's common first. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same box. Uh, it's the same curved plywood cabinet. And uh, this, is, this is special. And we wanted both of these to be the same so that they sound – they both – sound like a premium product. Um, so we kept that as similar as possible. Um, the curved plywood is actually, um, one of our goals was to make this really, really light, as light as we possibly could. And so our uh, mechanical engineers came up with the idea of using this method uh, where we um, bend and fold the plywood um, and then we cut it it's actually cut with a five-axis NC robotic arm all in one shot. Um, what it does is it allows us to use uh, thinner wood um, on the outside. Um, and that it's not only going to be lighter, but it's much more strong. Um, one of our engineers was actually using one of the empty shells as a chair for like a week uh, because they're that strong. And it's, it's a process that's done in hi-fi speakers yacht building and super high in furniture um and so yeah that allowed us to make it light but also really really strong um so the box is the same we got the the vinyl wrap the guitar style grill cloth that goes over the front um they both have the same speaker and they both have the same power amp okay. so so that's all the same um so if you're running in flat mode, it's essentially the same. Or if you're running one of the speaker modes, it's going to sound the same. Gotcha. Um, and so where they differ is that the 112 uh, Plus includes an extra input, uh, which has two modes. You can run it normal or you can run it as a monitor feed. Okay. So if you have a signal from the board and maybe you're using it as a front monitor in the kickback position, um, both of them have the kickstands uh, to allow you to do that. Um, but the 112 Plus also includes L6 Link and MIDI. I don't know if you can see it on there. Might be a little awkward. Yeah, just but, a tiny um, bit, yeah? Yeah. I'll just flip it around. Oh, perfect. Okay, there we go. There we go. Yeah. So this has uh, our proprietary L6 Link, but also works with AES and EBU. Okay. So um, okay. users that uh, have a modeler with an AES output 
can run that in at 48K, and there's no digital to analog conversions, or you don't have extra ones. Um, in the future, that potentially can work with the Helix ecosystem. Um, we also included MIDI, so remote control. So if you have a pedal board that uses MIDI, or you're, you want to, say, set up your snapshots, mm -hmm. different speakers or modes, like this is acoustic, so this is going to be running full range, or I'm going to switch to my Mesa, and I want the Vintage 30, well, and then uh, have like a Fender with like a Jensen. You can sync all those up just by sending a simple program change. Mm -hmm. And so I've done that through uh, instant commands. Okay. Which is pretty easy to set up in Command Center on Helix. Um, and then you just need a MIDI cable. Uh, and then it also has USB. Um, so that's primarily for uh, allowing you to load your own third-party IRs. Okay. And that's that was something we included um, mostly because we could and it was cool. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have something like an older Pod HD or something that uh, can really get the most benefit by using IRs, and it since it can't do IRs, this kind of gets you two for one uh, with that. So it can kind of breathe new life into old modelers in that sense. Now explain explain with the with the IRs being loadable on the unit. Obviously, that will free up um, a, a significant chunk on the Helix, correct? Yeah, that's right. So maybe uh, I mean every block so is a little more different. <laughs> yeah, that's right. More effects. Yeah. So now you've got sixteen different effects, um, but at the same time that can be nice. I mean, sometimes we have to limit ourselves uh, if there's a certain effect we want and we can't because we're using an IR. Now, do other manufacturers out there or any do any of them? We don't have to mention names at the point, but do any other manufacturers load IRs into their um, their cabs? Not, not that we found. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, so it is, it is totally unique to the PowerCab 112+. I like that. And obviously, we are talking um, same same footprint for both. Um, so I, I did see that on Sweetwater's website, there was a cover available. So then you, if you, no matter which one you have, the 112 or the Plus, you can use that cover for them. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's yeah, the same same cover for both. Fantastic. Yeah, because I, I did see some uh, comments, and uh, I think it was in Chad's Facebook group. People were asking for covers, and then someone had commented, said, "Yeah, there is one available." And that's the thing. You got a, a nice investment there. You do want to protect it from dings and scrapes and spills in the bars and things like that. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the overall dimensions are like within a half inch or an inch of like a Fender Deluxe. Okay. So um, if people are considering road cases for touring or something perfect that would be they should be able to fit in those as well so very very close nice to know that'll, that'll be very helpful uh let me see here some comments over here uh byron sanford says well, uh, while folks can argue can argue subjectively how they feel about the state of the art i've got to say for my needs as a gig musician the helix's power amp modeling to be plenty authentic for me so it's a very good comment and i think that's that's very true uh let me see here um let me see. Um, lost my other comment. Oh, yeah. Byron says, uh, "What is the price of the uh, modeler matter if the product?" Oh, this is—he's he's actually talking to another person here as well too. And Frank Rashad says the 500X still sells very, very well. So that's good to know as well too. Let, let's talk about the price points. I'm doing some research on on the uh, cabinets themselves as well too. I see others starting off like uh, easily $200 more, and then up, you know, sky high from there. 
how mm-hmm. was it that you were able to get, um, you know, like to kind of tell us like the approach of getting into the price point where you did? Was it, am I correct in saying, I don't want to give them uh, unfactual un- information, but five ninety nine and seven ninety nine is that right? Or yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, good. So tell us how you were able to try to hit that price point and and how happy you are with that. So um, with things like price point, mm-hmm. um, part of it is is about the perception of it. Um, another part of it is us trying to be disruptive, uh, where we think something could have a big potential in the market to become the go-to thing. Um, that you want to price it fair. Um, and so, um, for a lot of users, like if they're on a budget, they're, they may be looking towards something like a, a cheap PA speaker. Um, so we didn't want them to kind of flock to that. We wanted them to spend a bit more for something a little more high quality, something that has more of that guitar vibe, uh, and is what we think is really the right thing for them to be using. Um, some of the other products in this space, um, they're really well built, uh, a lot of them. Um, so I don't think that their prices are like out of whack or mm-hmm. anything. Um, but they're all built very differently. So um, for us, um, the, the Power Cab 112 being only five ninety nine, dollars mm-hmm. we, we really wanted it to be big. We also wanted it to be affordable if you want to get two, because what's really great about having two is that you get to have that stereo field and you can, with two units, you can make it as wide as you want to. Um, so that was kind of the thinking. We try to keep a lot of the, the, the um, features common and just add a little bit more functionality to the plus hence the name plus. yes I like that so it's just it's the little more a little more advanced features you know like the MIDI and the IRs and the L6 link uh, and the extra input just for people who can grok all of that stuff and know how to use it um, as where the power cab 112 uh, at 599 is just a lot simpler you just pick your mode you kind of set it forget it if you like a, really, a particular speaker you just kind of stay on that and um, that was kind of something that we found out that people were doing in our customer testing they gravitated towards a certain sound and like that's great I'm there I'll just I'm just gonna leave it on that um, but very very easy to use fantastic there's some very good comments as well over in the chat too um, Chad Boston saying um, outside the box he makes a lot of those presets you've probably seen in his uh, presets that kind of give you that feel of you know being in the room with the speaker but he says uh, that the outside the box is how I attain the amp in the room now but this power cab should be uh, the better outside the box for sure um, and Carlos Santon says I think the pricing of the line 6 stuff is really actually quite good have you seen the price of a 2 amp combo or good effects pedal lately and that I, I, can't, I cannot uh, agree with more yeah it's like people, I know this is a different, completely different product than what we're talking about today, but with the HXFX, I've been selling a lot of those just from, you know, demos on videos here on the channel. And, you know, if you think of the price point of that thing, you know, you buy two boutique pedals, not even a boutique pedal, two, you know, you know, top of the line pedals out there, a reverb and a delay, and you're almost at the same price point of the HXFX. So it's, it is priced to sell and it's it, the value for what you get is phenomenal. And in a case like this here too. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a value. I mean, if you consider the cost of uh, six different speakers, mm-hmm. um, you know, those can range anywhere from 
like seventy five to a hundred dollars. Yeah, um, each. And that you get six of them, but not only that, you get the power amp, um, and the box itself. Yeah. And and I th- I think you might have touched base on this as well, but I was monitoring the chat as well too. But it it, it is like a wood plywood type construction as opposed to plastic. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no plastic, um, except just just the panel that goes into yeah. the back. The plus, the the panel on um, the one I'm sorry the one twelve plus has the the steel uh, folded steel. Um, but yeah, there's the main enclosure and the acoustic enclosure is all plywood. There's no MDF. There's no plastic, no filler, um, so just really high quality uh, guitar centric construction. Yeah, and in cosmetics as well too. Here again, we're always we're we're always. It seems like we're kind of defending ourselves when we say this amp in the room kind of thing, right? But it, it is kind of a defense we all go into. But it looks like a nice, you know, vintage amplifier of somewhat, or a boutique amplifier or something. And so it does give you that comfort as well too. I think. I think so too, and it's um, you know there's. There's uh, just a sense that, you know, if, if you're using a modeler and you're walking into a rehearsal room, you know, if you walk in with a plastic PA speaker, some of the other guys they might go, mm, yeah, that's cool, but where's your amp? <laughs> you know, um, and that it, it's, you know, guitarists, um, they, they do care how things look. Of course. They care how they look, you know, how their instruments look. It, it says something about them as a player. Mm-hmm. I think it goes goes pretty deep. I, I think it, it a lot of it when it comes to your gear um, is number one, you want it to sound good, you want it to work. Uh, but the the look, the cosmetics is important as well too. It's not like you're going out there to intimidate people, but you want to look like you're there and you belong to be there. You know, and I've used this example where I've learned um, in my course of the years, like I've retired now as a performing musician, but I would show up to gigs carrying a milk crate or a gym bag with cables in there. And one of the first professional bands I joined, that was the first thing they taught me is impression is everything, you know, and God forbid if there's photographs going on, you know, people are capturing the guy walking in with a milk crate representing the band. That's not exactly very professional. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have that image. And I imagine there's probably as much as the R and D went into this uh, product here, the power cab uh, for the components. And I mean, that's, that's the meat and potatoes of the thing, but there must've been some serious revisions and um, on the overall cosmetics of it. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um, Kind of from the start, we knew that guitarists, they were asking us and we looked at idea scale, um, which is our, um, internal forum or external facing forum that users can post their ideas. And um, they told us very explicitly that they wanted it to look like a guitar cabinet. And so we were like, okay, let's do that. Um, We did play around with the form factor. So um, we eventually did settle on um, something that's very classic uh, with just a subtle five degree slant Mm -hmm. on the front. Um, And then of course we introduced our uh, rounded back uh, with the plywood. So, but uh, people wanted to feel really safe that it's as much like a regular guitar cabinet as possible. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we landed. We had weirder designs at some points uh, <laughs> where it was like kind of a wedge, but not really. And we thought, you know, this this whole wedge thing is just a little bit weird, um, and made people a little uncomfortable. And so we we actually made it bigger, made it more like a regular guitar cab. Um, but then we stuck the kickstands on the back so that you can kick it back if you need to. 
I like that. Are the kickstands are they metal or plastic or? Um, they are plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is like a hardened um, material. I want to be accurate, but mm -hmm. I can't. I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. the, yeah. The, no, that's fine. That's totally fine. You don't yeah. have to give it the full the full yeah. technical composition, but yeah. Um, so we we use a similar design on the uh, stage source speakers, um, and we took that design and we actually made it a little bit more robust. Okay. Here's here's a good question here. This is from Mississippi Treasure Hunter, um, and I, I think he may be confused here as to the actual what the product is. He's saying so. Is this like the Marshall Code? No, Marshall obviously the Marshall Code is um, a you know competing product for some of your amps that you have with modeling built into it. So this isn't a modeler built into it. This is just giving you explain in layman's terms what what it, what the power cab and, and both of them are. Right. So um, the power cabs we describe them as an active guitar speaker system. Gotcha. So it's active in that it's powered, but it doesn't have any of the traditional things you would find in a modeling amp. Like there's no amp modeling. Mm -hmm. There's no tone stack controls. Um, it only has line level inputs um, because it's intended to be used with modeling pedals or, you know, rack gear or things like a, like a Kemper. Um, but also things like little gain stage pedals like the Seymour Duncan Palladium. That was something we hooked up to it and... It was ripping pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, um, but a lot of those little like pedal-based uh, form factor stuff is really starting to take off. Um, so it's designed to work with something else that is the brains of the operation and that it can run as you know a, a full-range flat response thing, but it can also give you the, the sound of a real speaker or a variety of speakers. Um, and... So yeah, that's pretty much okay. It. Yeah, that that nails it yeah. for sure. Um, it's and not an all-in-one thing. It's meant to be used with other things. Complement. That's right. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, obviously, like we talked about this. Um, well, actually, is what the question I was going to address with you. You don't have to be a Line Six product owner, like a Helix or anything like that. I mean, it can be used with your other brands out there, and and should should integrate no problem. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's just by virtue of it being just that modular of a thing, or mm -hmm. it's meant to be used with other things. Um, it's pretty agnostic um, in terms of what you can plug into it. So, and I do like the fact that you yeah, went with the. Yeah. So, um, so, sorry, say that again. Yeah, and if if you have a different modeler that mm -hmm. you really really like, you can still plug that into. Nice. Yeah. And and we tested with a variety of them, and the results were just fantastic. I. I do like the fact that, like you, how, as you pointed out, you could have went with the, the monitor look, or you've gone, you've elected to use the guitar amplifier look, and it has some kickstands. I think, in the grand scheme of things, I think it was probably the right decision, because you know, not everybody wants to fork out the cash if, if it looks just like a typical monitor. They want the maybe they're replacing their guitar amps. You know, some of these some of these people are are they're going completely that route. They're replacing their amps. It still looks like they've got their favorite amplifier, like your Fender or whatever, like you were saying earlier. Um, it's just it's a net, that's that comfort zone. We all like to hang on to as little as much comfort zone as we can. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think it's great. Um, what was the other question here? Uh, this was a good one as well too. Luke is asking, what is a wattage compared to a tube amp? So we're looking at 250 watts. Was that right? What you said? Right. So it's um, it's a 250 watt Class D amp. Um, so it's kind of a misnomer to think about the wattage. Mm -hmm, right. Uh, it's not it's not really a good indicator of how loud something is. Mm -hmm. So the way that we measure that is through dB SPL. Okay. And so the way that's measured, you know, we run pink noise through it. 
it's very repeatable. Um, and it's something that um, when you're comparing things that are not quite the same in terms of loudness, it's the sound pressure levels. Yes. That really define how loud something is. So these go up to 125 dB SPL uh, at one meter. Uh, so that's about where you'd be standing uh, listening to it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that spec is, compared to some other products that are out there, it's maybe a little bit less. Okay. But um, 125 dB is that is um, is considered the threshold of pain. And I can personally attest that you know if you're playing this in a room with a drummer at full volume for over an hour, <laughs> which I have done, um, that yeah, you're, you're gonna notice your ears are gonna be uh, ringing. Um, and so it really has no problem competing um, in terms of the performance of a 112 tube amp. Gotcha. Yeah. A, a very good question here in the chat. Uh, J Level says, uh, hey guys, great product. When are you shipping to the UK and how would you describe the two? Okay, so you've already talked about the wattage. He's saying, how would you describe the 250 watt rating um, against perhaps maybe compared to a 40 watt tube amp? And like you said as well too, it's not really comparing apples to apples. I mean, I've got a 15 watt tube amp back here that is insane, um, but you're, you're measuring it like in decibel sound pressure levels as you were mentioning. But uh, street date is uh, coming May. Is that going to be pretty much around the world? Uh, yeah, so uh, they should be arriving at um, at our dealers in the U.S. early May, mm-hmm. and it should be about the latter part of May for uh, Europe. Okay. Uh, and Terry here says, um, so why is there no 212 version of this? Um, is it, it, I'm just going to speculate, and I don't know this. This is not information I was provided, but is it something that it's, I mean, even though it doesn't look like a monitor, it, in a lot of cases it's being used as a monitor, um, would resemble a two, like a 112 wedge, or what was the logic behind just strictly the 112? Um, the logic behind keeping it uh, a 112 was that, you know, if you're trying to build a 212 cabinet, mm-hmm weight is going to become a factor at some point. Correct. We, we knew that a lot of people were using the FireHawk 1500 for the, um, the stereo wet-dry-wet system. Um, and, but, you know, it weighed approximately 70 pounds, which, you know, I, I took it to a, a rehearsal once. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, never again. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just too much to move around, even for me, at being 31 years old and in relatively good shape. Um, so the 112 is just a lot more convenient um, and that if you want in stereo that you can get two of them, spread them even further apart so you can really get a sense of that stereo field because um, otherwise you'd have to be really, really close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we did have some artists tell us that, you know, this is great, but, um, you know, I'm, pay- I'm playing much larger stages mm-hmm. and I may need something bigger, uh, you know, like that. Um, and that's something that, that does interest us, um, but I obviously can't comment on oh, of course. Yeah. stuff. So I, I can appreciate that. And I remember it was very funny when I had um, Nick and Ericon for the first time, back before, long before I started the Helix Hour, there was a really good question that came up. And this is back probably, I'm going to say August, and you can kind of put this in your timeline. And I remember someone said, oh, are you guys considering doing some uh, powered speakers? And it was the, the elephant in the room kind of thing. It was quite funny. I'd like to go back and rewatch that. And, and I can kind of see each of those guys looking at each other, you know, at, in that exact moment. Yeah, that's funny. 
Yeah, that's okay. Now here's a technical question, and Frank even says uh, you'd be the person to ask. So Klaus Back says, "Is 125 dB peak or continuous?" Um, that would be peak. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Terry says uh, two like that and two twelves would make for some awesome uh, sound staging, uh, for sure. Uh, and John Francis says, "Looking forward to getting this. How well will it play with the L2, L3 stage source speakers?" Um, it should play very well if you're um, if you're planning on using the stage source as like your wedge um, and then running uh, the direct out from this, mm-hmm. uh, kind of using that like this in the back line, stage source in the front. Um, that'll work very well. Um, if you're trying to do side by side with um, power cab and stage source, like in a stereo thing, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, power cab is going to be a little bit more mid focused um although the flat tuning was made to be pretty on par with with stage source i think stage source you might find is actually a little bit brighter than this okay very fair um and uh terry's saying thank you for the response as well too so here's your opportunity to give a little bit of a sales pitch where we're only talking 200 dollar difference um between the 112 and 112 plus for someone sitting on the fence looking at uh, getting speakers uh, for their Helix or other products as well, too, a lot of them will be Helix, uh, at least coming to this show and, and my EVH show, what could you say, here's the bang for the buck that you're going to get for the extra $200 investment? I, like, you don't have to go into everything, but just to let them know what that extra $200 will really get them. Right. So um, if you're the kind of guy that's going to be using snapshots, if you're integrating other MIDI stuff, uh, or you want to have a different number of sounds, or to be able to switch remotely uh, between the full range mode and the speaker modes, then you're probably going to want to go for the plus uh, because you'll get that functionality. Mm-hmm. If that's the kind of thing that like scares you and is too complicated, and you just want something you can just plug in and play, um, I would say go for the just the 112 because um, it's really convenient. So if you're doing everything in the box with you know, the stock cabs or you have your own IRs mm-hmm. or you just, yeah, don't want to have to worry about complexity, then the 112 is kind of more uh, your speed. Okay. But if you like to dive in and have that capability, um, then the 112 plus is probably more up your alley. Gotcha. Now, this this may seem like a very trivial question, um, but some people may not actually know. So for us that are now spoiled with having like, you know, nice stereo separation um, and we want to replace, you know, uh, we want to have speakers and still enjoy that stereo spectrum. We're going to need two of uh, either of the models. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a um, bare minimum yeah, 599 we, each. We, yeah, we uh, I highly recommend getting two mm-hmm. um, just because it's it's. It's kind of otherworldly once you actually get two of them, uh, and you got some cool stereo effects like ping pong delay mm-hmm. or some of the, the newest reverbs that we did in Helix. Uh, it's pretty exciting, um, and um, I'm I'm sure if you talk to your dealers, you could probably get a great deal on on a pair. Yeah, negotiate. Uh, you know, uh, taking a pair as opposed to buying one, coming back for another one. Work it out there at time of sale. Yeah, there is nothing like it sitting in the middle. Once, I mean, I I've been a mono, you know, guy. Obviously, running one four twelve, you know, I've ran multiple amps on stage, but never in a stereo spectrum. Um, and a lot of clubs just didn't, you know, back in the day, didn't really provide it either. Smaller clubs, uh, but once you're in the middle, and especially like you're talking about these new reverbs, like there's you, once you're once you've experienced it, you can't just go back to the normal anymore. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's plugging one ear and trying to have conversations with people. It's just, you know, it's not the best. Yeah, I, I love that. It's it's phenomenal. I, I for sure will want to go with two of them as well, too. And I think it's going to look very, very nice complementing the rig on either side back there as well, too. And also, too, implementing with the rig in a wet, dry, wet uh, configuration, like I was telling you off the air, and my, my perfect happy place, uh, as much as I can play Helix all day long, um, I like to run a dry line out to the 5150 and mic that, you know, or whatever your amp is of, of choice, Marshall or whatever, and Fender, and, uh, you know, getting that nice wet effects and then your dry signal that you're used to hearing all the time, it's like, it's just the best of both worlds. I don't mean to use that as a pun, but it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. We, uh, we do talk to a lot of guitarists who are kind of interested in the wet dry wet thing and that three of these would be um we, and we've talked to uh some artists um and have had them trying these out in mm -hmm. in actual wet dry wet configurations and they were pretty pleased so so, so cool. for example uh helix we're going to use a helix example so a left left out to one of them right out to the other and then maybe a send out to the center one is that what you would do yeah, okay. yeah, that's what you could do. Um, using the send for your center yeah. channel would be really easy because you can easily just park that in front of your uh, wet effects. Mm -hmm. um, over L6 Link, there currently really isn't a way to get more than two channels in a particular path without doing some interesting routing stuff. Um, so at the moment, there's there's no real benefit there, but you can certainly run them analog and it'll be fine. Okay. Here, here's something I just discovered the other day. I always get people asking me, they'll say, oh, Eric, which, which uh, Helix would you recommend, like the rack, the LT, or the floor, whatever, and I have both the rack and the floor here, and I've always said, you know, really no, no difference between the rack and the floor, but a small thing I overlooked, and it's helped me tremendously on the um, Helix rack, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, I want to ask if I could run it this way as well, too. The um, Is it like what they call the uh, buffered output, whatever, on the back of the rack? A guitar buffered out or something like that there's an extra output on there that the the floor doesn't have and could i run direct out of that to this if i went with three cabs could i run to the center cab with that um with the buffered out for the guitar um it would essentially get you a, a an output that's akin to just what you're getting directly out of the guitar mm -hmm. if you run that directly into power cab like if i were to take a guitar and just go right into it oh yeah it's gonna be unaffected it's gonna be unprocessed isn't it it's going to be unprocessed, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the inputs on PowerCab are really expecting line level. Okay, and that's instrument. Yeah, and and that would be instrument level. Okay, I so there, there we go. I'm glad I asked that. So it was a it was a, uh, ba a bad idea on my part. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, and, and that actually brings me to a, a point, and I know some people have asked about this: is that can I plug directly into PowerCab and not have a model or anything? Mm -hmm. and the answer to that is actually no. Okay. Because it just wouldn't be. Uh, game staged properly. Right. Uh, same. Same would go for the extra input uh, for running something like a microphone. Okay. You'd still need some kind of microphone preamp or or mixer to get that in there at now, the right level. Could you plug in like an MP3 player or something in there? Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you could jam along with that because it has its own the uh, somewhat of a gain stage right in in uh, in the in the device I would say like in your MP3 player. Right. Yeah. And on the 112 plus, you can actually go into the global settings and and boost those outputs or, or you know, control okay. those, the input trim. Yeah, according to whatever device you have. That's fantastic. Um, here's a, a really good comment. I'm sure you'll be happy to hear. John Francis has just placed my order with Sweetwater. Awesome. Fantastic. Do you, is there um, enough stock going to be shipped to these dealers, do you think, to anticipate um, what you think is the, the demand? 
I certainly hope so. Your fingers um, crossed, right? I don't. I don't know if I can talk about how many have been built so far. Sure, no, that's okay. Uh, but it's it's a significant amount. Good so, to hear. Uh, yep. Yeah. I think we'll have enough to meet the need. That's good, and I'm I'm greatly looking forward to it. Now, how about uh, over here in Canada for dealers over here in Canada? Are we looking at for the same amount of uh, time frame, roughly, um, as uh, as United States. Uh, yeah, it should be about the same for North America. Yeah, they okay, all come perfect. into the same port in the U.S. Um, here's a question I think know the answer to. Carlos Santos says, can I plug my overdrive or distortion pedal straight into it? I'm thinking of my 5150 pedal. So I was, no matter what you put in front of it, I would say no, right? If it's um, um, if the 5150 pedal mm-hmm. has a line output, um, that could probably work. Um, I would assume it's similar to what we tried out with the Seymour Duncan. Okay. Um, and that worked beautifully. It was okay. Still got to that super loud point, so that was cool. Fantastic. Well, that very, very good answer on that. I, so I think we're definitely going to be um, having a great product. I can't. I know. I know we're starting to see some demos starting to pop up here and there, and some people had them for beta tests. So you know, those people have kind of come forward now and said, "Okay, here, yeah, I've been using it for a while, and it's been nothing but uh, rave reviews." Um, I, uh, I, I can't wait to physically try one. I know that's going to be coming very soon as well, too. And this Terry makes a good question. He says, "How about Canada get some stuff for a change before the USA?" Yeah, we're always we're always one of the last, even though we're right, you know, you know, right around the corner from you guys. But um, it is it is what it is. I guess with the nature of uh, import and export and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Frank might be able to answer. Yep. More of the logistical questions about that. Who are some of the bigger dealers here in Canada for for Line Six? Do you know offhand? Um. I actually don't know. That's okay. Offhand. I don't know if Long and McQuaid carries them. I know they're they're a big chain here. We do we do work with Long and McQuaid? Okay. Um, so I would assume Long and McQuaid is kind of like the guitar center of Canada. I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I have one actually. I live right in the middle between two cities that each have one, and I haven't actually even frequented one for a while. Um, but I would think that's probably one of the bigger ones. Actually, one, my a local dealer close to me as well too. Uh, Frank's Music Center, they're a dealer of yours, and they've been carrying, um, I'll have to ask them if they're going to get the uh, the power caps, but they've had um, some good success with uh, the Helix sales here as well, too. Uh, good, Frank did confirm. He says Canada, same time. Um, are, there any, are there any in the UK uh, at all that we can see or hear in the flesh? So not at the moment yet, right? No, not at the moment. Yeah, physically not yet. Um, yeah. Oh, here's another we- one as well, too. Um, two other dealers that Terry's mentioning, uh, LA Music and Axe Music. Well, do they um, carry them? I don't know. That's okay, and uh, that's not a, that's not a problem. Not knowing that, we can find out from Frank as well too. Um, both of those are, are pretty um, uh, large uh, d- uh, dealers as well too. And Frank is saying no, sir. I just actually commenting about you saying he says um, uh, they're not in the UK as of yet. And Carlos Santon saying, yeah, Long and McQuaid would probably be the biggest, and Long and McQuaid will for sure. So that's fantastic for the Canadian uh, uh, fans for sure. Good, good. If your cool dealer for some reason doesn't carry it, yep. tell them to carry it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And uh, reach out and uh, and uh, find out how good these things can be, it's the, the whole brand for sure. I've been turned on to the Variax, uh, thanks to Frank and the team as well too. And uh, the things I've learned uh, to do with that, and I can't, I'm really looking forward to hearing the Variax going through Helix into these cabs. That's going to be beautiful. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's actually my primary rig. Is it? Um, this, I mean, this This is one of our concept color shurikens. Yeah. yeah. Um, the shuriken has really become kind of my staple. I mean, I do a lot of heavy metal stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, even metal songs have clean parts and acoustic parts. And so I've got 
tons of presets that you know jump through all of those different things. Nice. So having PowerCab, being able to do both the full range for the acoustic and then also do all these cleans and high gain stuff is just it's great. <laughs> I, I think for people like me that are using home reference monitors, um, this would serve us a lot better with the power cap because, you know, people sometimes take for granted how much uh, low frequencies you can get out of an acoustic guitar where, you know, especially if you want to yep. play loud, where your reference monitors aren't necessarily made for that kind of uh, extreme volume, extreme length of time and those frequencies, I think. Yeah, it could be a real benefit for us for sure. Easily get, um, you know, feedback or, or, or those like low kind of bell tones that that happen mm -hmm. so. yeah that's right i can't wait for sure well listen we're going to wrap up here we're just right on the hour here four o'clock we're marking the helix hour i want to thank you graciously for your time and i think we've learned uh, quite a bit about the product I, I know there's a lot of excitement over it um when that press release came out when frank dropped that um that was that was a crazy day it almost broke facebook uh, as far as <laughs> the groups <laughs> you know it was absolutely nuts i imagine you were excited that day it was your baby uh, launching maybe just as we close yeah. tell us tell us what it was like on uh on birthday uh for oh. <laughs> yeah uh so it was, it was it was pretty crazy um i was actually um, meeting up with um with eric klein because uh, we were going over the last minute talking points and stuff that was going to be discussed on the gear page. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting. Uh, so he had just moved into a new house and uh, there was no Wi-Fi yet. So we went down to like a local bar and we're sitting there going through, you know, because they had Wi-Fi there and we're on our computers, <laughs> just like those guys in the corner. And we were just really excited. Um, just a lot of anticipation about this because there's been a lot of excitement internally mm -hmm. um, about it. I'm personally very excited about it. I wanted to build this kind of thing for like on my own, you know, years before we actually got um, approved and actually go do it for real. So um, yeah, I couldn't be more thrilled. So That's awesome. Well, hats off to you and, and congratulations on uh, what's going to be a very successful product. And here's something I, I just want to address this. Uh, Luke is asking a very good question, uh, a very fair question. He says, can we hear a demo please? And it's not, we're not trying to bypass doing a demo today, but we wouldn't be able to provide you with a demo uh, through the internet that would really do this justice. I mean, it could it could sound like a million bucks in the room, but what we can deliver to you over the internet at the moment just isn't conducive. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, Skype audio being yeah, what it is, um, I wouldn't feel super confident in doing that. I agree. Uh, it really is one of those things that um, you kind of have to feel it in the room with you mm -hmm. uh, to yeah. really get a, a good sense for it. For um, sure. And we we certainly hope that you know with our distribution network that we're going to have this in enough places for people to actually get their hands on it. Yep, get their, down to the store. Eyes and ears um, to really try it firsthand. That's right. So. And, and so that's a very fair question, Luke's, but uh, I, I'm sure you can appreciate how we can't deliver that and we want to be able to deliver the best uh, sound to you. But the fact is with the, the, the reach like you have, you can get down to the mom and pop stores or the big box stores and you should be able to plug in and try one. Quentin James has already had people asking about them. That's fantastic. Mississippi Treasure Hunter says, great show, guys. Very informative. Uh, Tony Clark wants one. Uh, Jason Sedites says, another great show. Eric and Brandon, thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, great show, guys, from Blimpus. Um... And uh, Terry is also informing us Axe Music does carry Line 6. That's good to know. Uh, Jay Level, thanks, guys. Really helpful. Uh, James Randall, thank you, everyone. Can't wait to get my hands on one. Doug Doppler did a great video. I'll have to look that up. And Luke does. Fantastic. Uh, and we, uh, as a beta tester, he's given us a lot of feedback. Good. Um, and just showing a lot of excitement. Um, so, yeah, we really appreciate working with him on this. 
Now, something I want to do here in the near future, I'll be trying them out for sure. Uh, here's an example. It's almost like trying to de- de- you know demo reference monitors for studio equipment, but there's no reason why in a demo environment I couldn't stick a couple microphones on those um, and mic them like I would normally do in my cabinet here, correct? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, since it is the, the concentric mm-hmm. uh, coaxial design, you can mic it like a regular guitar cabinet. Um, and in Paul's video, um, in the main overview video, mm-hmm. The samples of the guitar speakers were actually recorded with his 421 microphone. Okay. That's that's the actual mic'd up sound. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's that's the approach I'm going to I'm going to do here as well, too. I'll mic them just like I do, because normally what I do when I'm doing some of my product demos here on the show, I'm running Helix direct to the board. So what people on YouTube hear is Helix, and then I've got a mic on a 412, mic and a dry signal. So it'd be no different. I'll just stick two mics on the uh, power cabs. I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm really interested to show some of the Van Halen fans which are, you know, on my other uh, show, the main show, um, mm-hmm. people come here and a lot of these guys are downsizing these 412s and kind of stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a big seller for a lot of the Van Halen, you know, 80s rock fans too. Oh, sure. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. Everyone's giving some uh, great f- uh, feedback over in the uh, chat. I really appreciate that. May Worldwide from what Frank's saying. Uh, Byron uh, Sanford says, great job. So listen, I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your afternoon. Still nice and early where you are. And thank you so much for joining me um, uh, and all of us here for the uh, for the Helix Hour. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Awesome. It's been great. Well, listen, stick around for a quick second. Jump over the outro and uh, say goodbye to you off the air. Everyone, thank you so very much for joining us uh, this Sunday afternoon. And uh, we will see you again very, very soon. Check out line6.com. I actually have a link down below. You can click right below to go uh, find out more on the on the PowerCab 112 and 112 Plus directly at Line 6. And uh, reach out to your local retailer and get on a pre-order right away or your online retailers, whichever you prefer. Get on that pre-order because you don't want to be left out. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have good stock, but first, first come, first serve. So get in there and get in there quick. All right. We will see you very soon, everyone. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.